Jordan Candlish is a man living intentionally. Six years ago, he bailed on his accounting career to pursue something a little more aligned with his values. He's now traveling the world, working as a performance coach, helping men in particular get out of their heads and back to their hearts. I first came across Jordan on Instagram where he shares very clever content, challenging men to think about how they're behaving in relationships and offers practical tools to help process emotion and stress. I love this episode. It embodies what becoming is all about, creating space in our life, stepping into alignment with our values and nurturing a spiritual practice to become our potential. And we cover some ground, discussing some strategies around dealing with a mind that always wants more, spiritual practices and the power of just being, balancing high performance with fun, and how travel is inspiration for manifesting our ultimate lifestyle. I really hope you'll enjoy this conversation and remember to stick around for my wrap-up afterwards where I discuss the chat and provide a little life update. Enjoy the charming, intelligent and very mindful Jordan Candlish. Jordan, lovely to connect, mate. It's been a long time coming. I've been following your Instagram with with great envy. You're over there in Tulum. You've been over there for two months, I think, and it just... It looks like an incredible place to live. How are you feeling? How's the experience going? Nick, great to be on here with you, bro. I've been, I've been following you as well. So it's, it's a really awesome experience to now finally meet and connect, even though it's not in person on Zoom, it's the, it's the next best thing. But life is good out here for me, man. It's, it's the world tour. I've been on the road for the last 10, 10 months, finally, after we got freed from Western Australia. So I've just been exploring North America and now I've set up, set up shop in, in Tulum for the the last few months and it feels very expansive I would say. I saw the other night you're on you're on the rooftop doing samurai sword movements and it seems like every day there's a different adventure that you're going on. How does that experience shape your work life or your creative life? And that's that's the beautiful part about Tulum right you, you have those kinds of experiences you have the opportunity to participate in these things and like where else are you going to get to learn from a a real life samurai. So when I see these opportunities, I, I, I jump straight in because where else am I going to get to do that? So I'm going out to Japan. So I feel for me, that's what I love to do is tr- travel, obviously, but experience things that are going to help me understand or unlock a deeper level of connection with myself. And the samurai, the samurai stuff has been such a, a great way of doing that because it's just, it's, it's all movement. It's, it's mindful movement and it's helped me just connect energetically a little bit deeper. So it's just one example of it. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, been, it's been so great. I'm so grateful for it. Are you prioritizing things, experiences like that over work? Is it okay for you to abandon some of your routine if it means that you're going to go do some samurai training on the roof? 100%. I feel like my work, my work is to... And I don't even want to call it work. It's just the way I'm choosing to live my life is the deeper I can go within myself, the deeper I can lead or take other people. And obviously my work is coaching and supporting men more specifically. And the more I can unravel and unlock more aspects of myself, the more I can take someone else there and and support them. So I don't see it as... Obviously, there's things you have to have parameters and structures and things to say yes and no to. So I try to have get the thing right things done during the day so that when I do have, want to have a break and experience something different and new, I can do it with with guilt free and knowing that this is hey a part of the expansion, you know. For sure, I often find that with my content as well. A lot of the times I'm inspired to write it is because I need to learn it myself, the teacher and the and the student. Hundred percent. You can and you can feel 
just like yourself, your content is so simple and landed so effectively, you can tell you have such a deep understanding of it. And that's why making content is so fun is because how well you understand it determines how well you can teach it. And you can, when you can put it, put it across in a way that a child can understand it, then you're genuinely on, on the right track. And I feel that with your, your content as well, bro. So you're doing amazing work. I appreciate it. Your most recent live was excellent. I, uh, I think it was probably two weeks ago now, but you just jumped on and you riffed for about half an hour with such eloquency and such passion and just spoke about your truths and a lot about the learnings that you've had over there in Mexico, particularly when it comes to abandoning routine and what it's like working on the road. As a high performer, I know that you're someone who really values structure and needs that to be effective. Can you expand on what it's like to reshuffle things on the road and how that's affected your output? Yeah, thanks for tuning in, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I find that it's a really challenging thing for high achievers and driven individuals to find that balance between structure and flexibility. Because I myself, I will admit it, I have OCD tendencies when it comes to managing my energy, having my, my evening and morning routine in place. And I definitely went through a period in uh, March or March, probably February this year when my parents came out to travel and I traveled around Europe with my parents. And I was like, you know what, when, when else am I going to have this opportunity to connect with them? And I was just launched a program, bro. I was in the first week of this men's program. And it was a little bit overwhelming because I'm like, oh man, I'm going to balance hanging out with my parents. I've got to hold and support all these clients or I get to support all these people in the program. But I learned to just, you got to let go sometimes and just live, just enjoy life. And, and I kept reminding myself of that. Hey, my parents, are, my parents are getting old. I don't know how long I'm going to get to be with them. I just want to try and celebrate and appreciate every moment. And what I often find is when, you, when you've been so structured, this is for me anyway, when I've been so structured and regimented and routined, for a certain period of time, the next level of, of growth is often doing the opposite, like ditch the routine for a bit, you know, have a day where you do the complete opposite. If you're used to going to bed at nine, I'll stay up late and just see, okay, cool, let's see how that feels. Let's break it. Let's break it a bit, a little bit because you'll get something from that. Uh, and I just try to be selective with those periods because I have noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well, we go through all these seasons and cycles within our life, just like nature, we're going through different seasons. Internally, we're going through that as well. And you can start to understand or notice at certain times in the year, there's a season for want to go, go out and have strict routines and build things and create. And then there's a time for just letting the routine go a little bit and just relaxing, having fun, do what feels good. And I'm trying to just get better at tuning into those seasons. And I'm getting more and more wiser as I get older. So it's making it a bit more easier, but haven't mastered it yet. I don't think there is ever mastery of that. It's just practicing, listening and being present to it. It's been a massive thing for me as well, especially because I've been working for myself for five years now. And in those early years, I was really working from a place of survival where I had to hustle. I had to get on the emails because I wasn't sure when the next paycheck was coming. In these last couple of years, I've had to do a lot of work just to remind myself that I'm safe now. It's okay. I don't need to hustle every day. I'm going to survive. In the live, you also mentioned this notion of a system reboot. So maybe after a four-week sprint, you allow yourself to have a system reboot. Would you mind expanding on that one? Yes. Uh, for me, I'm, I've also realized recently is the system reboot can come in many forms. And this is probably what I'll talk about in my next live, but I'll share it with you first. It's, <laughs> for me, it's the, the nervous system reboot 
is almost more important than the routine reboot because I've caught myself falling into patterns of always being trying to jack myself up nervous system wise and I'll be more specific with that as high achievers or driven types we we will always be more familiar with the sympathetic nervous system which is the the ramp up the gas pedal the 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 activation and when sympathetic activators would be things like coffee uh, like intense breath work uh, hard workouts at the gym uh, doing long periods of fasting anything that kind of jacks up your nervous system and over time, your nervous system can get tired and depleted. And you'll often find that, oh, the coffee's not doing it for me anymore. I'm just really tired this morning. I don't know why. I slept eight hours. What the fuck? And that, to me, is an indicator that my nervous system needs a reboot. And it's almost a, a detox or a step back from all of the sympathetic things that I use to just like jack myself up to get energy. So I'm, I'm learning to incorporate that a little bit more, just more, more yin, yes, la- yes, yang. And that's challenging. That's challenging. So that's one of the reboots that I'm really trying to implement. The other reboot is the, is the fun, relaxation, break the routine reboot, which for me recently lo- looked like going out to staying out till 6 a.m., going out to this, having a dance, just having fun, just enjoying life and partying till the early hours and going, you know what, this, this is living as well. And this is, this is great. Now I can wake up on Monday and be like, okay, cool. Back to it. Back to the, back to the focus mode because I've had my fun. Uh, infusing those reboots you know, every however long you want to have them, I feel is is crucial to just recalibration, if that makes sense. Where does alcohol fit into it for you? Because when I do let myself off the hook and I'll have to go have a big night with my friends and drink more than I probably should, I wake up on Monday and Tuesday. I'm in nearly mid-30s now, so it takes me a few more days to get over the hangover. And on those Mondays and Tuesdays, the last thing I feel like doing after a big weekend is jumping in front of the camera and recording content. So they're the moments where I, I really question my relationship with alcohol. It seems like you've got a pretty, I'm not sure if you drink, but it seems like you've got a, a pretty good balance on your social, your partying lifestyle, but then can turn that off and go into work mode as well. I'd like to think so. I mean, for me, I've just realized, and I'm sure you, know, you can relate as a young lad growing up in Australia, we abused, we abused alcohol like no tomorrow and I went through that I went through that very very unhealthy relationship with it and I hit a point in my journey or call it spiritual development where I was like this is just not serving me at all and I used to play semi-professional soccer so I was in an environment where I was like you just go out and get pissed on the weekends and celebrate the win or the game and I was like man it's hard to pull away from that uh but I did and now I've come back and now realize that there are moments where I want to appreciate a good cocktail. I want to appreciate a good quality mezcal and I, and I will drink it. And I'm not drinking to get drunk. I'm drinking to just enjoy the, the experience. And this is one of the, the reboots, right? If you've, for me, if I'm like, okay, no alcohol for four weeks, then some one weekend, I'm like, cool, I'm going to have some, have a Negroni, get, have a few drinks and enjoy it. If it's bringing energy and gratitude to me, I, I see it as a positive experience. Uh, likewise with uh, recreational drugs, bro. I, I feel for me, some of the best mo- times of my life have been on good quality MDMA around some of my favorite people. And I will not shy away from saying that I'm totally okay with that. You know, a couple of times a year, I'll get some good MDMA and go see some of my favorite artists and just have the best night of my life. And I'll never, ever regret those memories. So if you can do it in a righteous way and you're doing it with the intention of just, I'm celebrating my life with the best people in the best environments. And this is something I, I don't, you know, abuse, then fuck, hey, all, all for it. Um, and you can do it guilt-free. So I, that's, that's how I see it, man. I just want to enjoy all of these beautiful pleasures that God has gifted us. And uh, in moderation, I feel like it's all good. 
What are you What are you working through at the moment? I know your men's program, The Path. Is that the focus of your work at the moment over there? It is. We just wrapped it up, man. It was last weekend. It was the last call and it was a really fulfilling moment to just, yeah, round out this container and see the impact that uh, not just me, but some of the amazing friends and coaches that I work with, the impact that we had on these, these, these group of guys. It was really confirmation that I, I'm... I'm doing the work that my soul came here for and I want to keep expanding it. I want to keep growing it. And the next round is going to be bigger. It's going to be better. And I just, I'm just looking forward to it, bro. I genuinely feel like I'm in the business of just bringing epic people together and creating awesome experiences and programs. So handpicked the coaches that I get to work with with my best friends, which is, was the dream for me. You know, it was the dream in life to work with your best friends and I'm, I'm living it. Uh, I, I, I do feel now for me, it's having a break, bro. The hardest thing for me is, is just taking time off. I think for most high achievers, it's the holidays, the time where you just stop working for a bit and relax. They're the hardest times, but that's where all the growth is. And I I feel like I'm in one of those phases right now where it's time to just take a break, take the pressure off a little bit uh, and and just chill, you know? Are you okay to take a break from Instagram as a content creator? You're very consistent. Is that one of the pressures that you feel stepping away and losing consistency with your socials? (laughs) Yeah, how it gets you, eh? These cheeky fuckers. They get you with the, the fucking algorithm, man, if you're not consistent or, or that's how they, 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 they scoop you into the game. At the, at the end of the day, you're all playing the game of the matrix, which is like we use these platforms for when people to discover us and to make a livelihood. But I never want to let the, the platform use me. Uh, I've been through that. It's very easy. I'm sure you can relate for it to just get you and you're just checking it or you're feeling the pressure of needing to create. And I had a realization today and I was like, I want to just check myself before I ever make a piece of content to make sure that what's, where's, where's this place? Where's it coming from? Am I making this content to get views, to get likes, to get followers, to get clients? Or am I making this content to hopefully try and unlock something, something in someone else to support them in their own journey of discovering themselves? And it's a very distinct difference. One is ego, one is soul. And whenever I make content from the soul and the heart, it's, it lands way better and I feel way different. So if that means I have to take a break, from socials to rediscover that, then I, I'm much more inclined to do so. Whereas previously I was like, nope, I gotta create every day. If I don't create every day, I'm fucking, I'm losing momentum. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I have, a, I have a better relationship with it, I would say. Yeah, I resonate with that completely. Oftentimes when I'm journaling at night, I'll just write something down and in a couple of minutes, I've got a pretty well-formed reel. And they're the ones that just come from the heart and they land so much better with people because they can see your truth, they can feel your truth. Have you found when you've started coaching and when you've expanded your business beyond Instagram, it's taken a lot of focus off just social media. Doing this podcast, for example, it's given me a a greater purpose than just creating social. Totally agree, man. Podcasting is is the shit. I I love connecting with people and having just deep, meaningful conversations. And I started my podcast probably like eight years ago now. I've been at it for a while. And that to me is where all all the best moments have come from. Uh, because you have an excuse, it's what I love about you have an excuse to reach out to people and be like, hey man, I love what you're doing, let's connect. And they turn into friends. You know, I've met some amazing people. I've got to interview amazing people through the podcast and I, uh, I know you're doing a, a great, great work here and this is where people can get to know you a little bit better and, and realize that, yeah, we're, we're more than just a 30 second reel that people see on a, on a screen. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'd love to learn more about your creative process, bro. What, what, do you, what, what does your process look like when you're scripting out a video? Uh, do you think of the topic first? Do you think of the hook first? 
Are you thinking of, you know, what kind of transformation you want to leave people? So yeah, it's a pretty basic process, man. I'll just write it down in my journal and depending on what it is. So I split my content up between doing comedy skits and then more insightful kind of pieces to camera talking about improvement and energy and things like that. For the skits, it's a, it's a bit of a different process because it involves filming from different angles. I usually do sound, set up sound a bit more professionally. But there's this funny moment. In, in my skits, I, I chuck on a tea towel to play the female character. And, you know, I often record at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday or something, just a, just a casual day, and walk over to that cupboard, put on my tea towel and sit down. And it's just, it's this kind of bizarre process that I do that's teetering on sad. It would be funny to create a behind the scenes video, like the, the sad side of influencing. And it's just us like on a Wednesday morning putting on a tea towel. <laughs> but you're an actor as well by trade, right? That's right. Yeah. So that's where the acting stuff comes into it. And to be honest, it's, it's been such a great way to sharpen those acting tools, particularly with uh, writing and editing and kind of just directing yourself through it. You have to think about all these different little mannerisms that you do during the scene to, to keep it moving forward. So there's all these little nuances that have helped me from an acting perspective as well. It's, it's impressive, bro. I have so much respect for actors because as I've stepped into trying to do more skits, I, I've seen the, the, yeah, the depth, the depth you have to go in landing a character, even just the micro tonalities, like make or break the the, the 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 feelings that someone gets in a in a video and it's just I understand that art so much more through making content and how challenging it is so yeah bro hats off to you for having those skills it's why your, your videos just fucking land so well thanks mate there are some parallels between acting and the improvement space as well because when you're improving you're embodying a new character and it takes a lot of work on the subconscious level to become that person Often when you hear the best actors, they will talk about getting their lines down so well that it just sits with them on a subconscious level. It becomes them so that when they're in the scene, they can just let go and it just comes out and they, they're able to play in that space. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a different place. I'm thinking making these videos is hard. Imagine playing a character in a movie and you have to step into that. It's a whole nother realm that I find so fascinating. So your content, the polish has definitely gone up this year. It's, it's improved massively. Have you brought people into your team to help with that? Yeah. Thanks for noticing, man. And then credit to the, and the missus, the other half, she's, she's been helping with the, the editing and just, uh, and her featuring in the videos as well. Obviously I just started to notice patterns there. I was like, okay, every time she's in a video, it seems to do really well. Well, it's either that or you chuck on the tea towel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried that once back in 2021 and I'm like, nah, maybe I should, yeah, maybe I'll just, I'll save that one for the real actors. Uh, <laughs> but she's, she's been a great help. Um, I'm so grateful for what, what I have in my relationship, which is not just a romantic relationship, it's a business relationship. We've overlapped now in so many ways and we still, we, we're more attracted to each other than ever. So it's great when you have your, your partner, uh, the, when you're working with your partner on the stuff you're passionate about, it's, it's epic and she's leveled things up for me for sure. Has she always had those interests or is that something that you've sort of taken on together? Well, she's had interest in film. She studied film and things like that. Um, not necessarily an interest in personal development. This was something that we've kind of, I've been, we've been on separate paths really. And then it's only recently that we've really started to overlap with business and uh, her digital marketing background now is now helping me level up just, yeah, my, my whole, the whole marketing side of my business. So 
she gets things in a different way. And I really feel like that's why we work. Uh, I know a lot of people ask, you know, how do I work in my relationship if one person's in personal development and one's not? Uh, you really just have to stay true to your path and just be really open and honest in conversation. What I've found is eventually the other person will overlap values or they'll eventually come around and support you. But if you need their support, it won't happen. You have to be detached from needing them to change in any sort of way. And eventually you kind of just, you grow together. A relationship just becomes its own entity and it grows in its own way. And then individually you, you do your own work. Uh, yeah, it's a, fa- it's a fascinating journey, man, relationships. It's it's, it's yeah I've, I've had a lot of growth in that realm and now I'm just seeing the benefits of it just through having a, a teammate and a lover and a best friend alongside me in the journey so you've traveled around you've worked you've really faced a lot of pressures as a couple and it seems like you're you're thriving on the back end of it thanks bro yeah we, we passed a lot of tests in our relationship that's for sure and probably we'll get married next year or propose this year we'll see but it was only until now. It's, it's taken seven years to be like, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, she, she's the one. And I feel a lot of people rush into trying to think too quickly into the future. The only thing you can commit to in a relationship is right now. Like, I'm committed to you right now. I don't know where we're going to be next month or next year, but right now I'm committed. And that's been the biggest shift for us. We've always just been committed to each other moment to moment, not planning the future. And now we've come to a realization, you know what? Yeah, I want to, let's get married. I want to have kids. Like, and I'm willing to say that to her confidently because we never thought too far ahead. I think for me, that's been the key in my relationship anyway. Yeah, it's so easy to fall into that trap, especially as you sort of enter those 30s. Sometimes those things take time to evolve. You need to make compromises. And there's no point looking into the future. You've just got to focus on what you need right now and how that relationship's going to serve you at the moment. How have you been able to navigate that? Because... I know a lot of women struggle with that as well because there's a biological thing happening in the body where, you know, come mid-30s, they're like, hey, I need to have kids soon, otherwise the time's going to run out. Uh, How do you navigate that for yourself when you enter a relationship, you catch the mind going into the future? 80% of my close friends are married now, so I felt pressure in that regard. But whenever I think about it, I'd rather have 10 relationships that don't work out than be stuck in a relationship which I have to break up and break up a family. My parents broke up when I was 13, so I had to go through what it was like having your dad move out. And while there was still so much love there, it was quite disruptive, especially in high school. And I remember thinking that I will do anything it takes to prevent that from happening. Not settling and staying true to yourself is just so much more wise in the long term. Yeah, it takes courage, man. It takes a lot of courage. So not everyone is at that point where they're courageous enough to prioritize not settling over, hey, I just don't want to be alone. (laughs) On Instagram, you share a lot about what it takes to be a high value man, particularly about cultivating energetic potency. Is this what you're you're coaching your men with? Yes, we kind of built it around three pillars. Uh, First pillar being truth. And I say that word lightly now because there's almost, there's just the truth, God's truth, the ultimate truth grand truth that we're all kind of connecting and and tapping into. But then there's an individual truth, which is what comes through you when you start to develop a relationship with God. What is that unique expression that starts to come come through your individual form? So we, we, we base that a pillar, connecting with that truth. And then the other pillar is the potency part, which is your energetic capacity, or another word is your nervous system capacity. As you're as you expand that, you open the vessel to receive more of your truth. So it's a byproduct, right? As your energy goes up, your potency goes up, your expression 
goes to a whole new level. And that's what we're, we're trying to cultivate with the guys is that, is that, that, that penetrative uh, connection with something greater that comes through and how you speak and how you communicate. And then the final pillar is brotherhood, which is bringing men around other men. I'm sure you can relate to this, man. As when you begin this path of trying to better yourself, it can be a little bit lonely at first because you're like, mm, man, there's no, where, where do I have these conversations? There's some convos you just want to have with other men. Uh, and, and a lot of guys feel quite lonely at the moment when they start this journey. So when you're around men who are playing a big game in life, your standards raise. When you're in proximity to dudes playing life at a certain level, you, your standards go up because iron sharpens iron, right? You, you want to be around the best and it, and it inspires you to be better. So that's why we wanted to create a brotherhood where men can come in and go, fucking oath, I've, uh, these, these guys are high caliber men and it's inspiring me to want to be better. And I also feel safe. I feel safe opening up around these dudes. And there's magical things happen, bro, for guys when they finally feel safe to be seen and some of the things that they're most afraid of or their darkest secrets. And that's what we kind of wrap into the program is you get to let go of all the shit that's weighing you down. All the things that are weighing you down from having that, that clear, energetic connection with, with something greater. Uh, and nothing inspires me or, or lights me up more than seeing men step into this, this work, bro. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. A lot of men can find themselves quite isolated where they're not getting quality time with other blokes. Is that a common theme with your clients? Oh, yeah. Bro, it's a common theme theme for most men, to be honest. And it's funny, I just recorded a video today about that, around why uh, men isolate during hard times. And, you know, it, it becomes apparent to me that most men didn't have safe environments growing up, particularly around their dads, where they could speak about their emotions, where they could say, hey, dad, I'm fucking feeling really anxious. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm actually really worried or afraid right now. Because their dad didn't have a healthy relationship with their emotions. So the child learns that, hey, my emotions aren't important. They're not important. I'm just going to just internalize them and not be a burden on my dad because he's quite overwhelmed and, you know, reacting on his anger. I'm just going to internalize everything and hide it. And then in adulthood, it shows up as the same thing, right? As soon as times get hard, we go, fuck, I don't want to talk about my emotions because I don't want to burden anyone with them. I just, I'll just man up and get on with it. And the emotions just get buried beneath the surface. And then you do that for 20, 30 years, bro, 40 years. The heaviness that some of these, bro, these dudes are carrying around, just people in general are carrying around. And I don't know about you, man, but it's every way more often than I'd like to admit, I hear about a friend that I'm connected with. Not, not a friend, it's just someone, an acquaintance that I know who commits suicide, a man. It happened the other, the other week. Someone I was in a men's group with back in Perth committed suicide. So when I hear stuff like that, it hits home because how, how can that be happening? How can people, men be going around ha- carrying that much weight, that much heaviness, that they can't open up around someone and talk about it. So it's twofold, bro. This is work is to, is to help people get the life they really want and really access full potency and fucking live their dreams. But it's all, this work's also saving lives and just having an honest conversation about what's, what's actually happening or just creating a space where men can just come in and finally feel safe speaking may save a life, you know? So even this conversation right now, it, someone might feel seen in this and go, fuck, you know what? I'm going to reach out and just, just open up. <laughs> That's it, man. Uh, so, Are you finding that once you do start those discussions, they're able to release a lot of that shame and guilt, release a lot of those lower emotions, and then they can start moving forward and making transformation? 100%. Shame, shame dissolves when you're seen in it. You know, we do an exercise in the program where we give the guys an opportunity to speak about their deepest, darkest secrets, the things that they've never shared with anyone. 
and they get an opportunity to take the, the circle, to take the, the, the center stage and say, hey, the thing I'm holding the most shame around is, boom. And everyone holds the space for them to feel seen. And I've been through these processes in retreats, bro. It's, it's terrifying because you're like, fucking hell, everyone's going to know about my, like, the things I'm most ashamed about. But as soon as you say it, as soon as it's, it's spoken into the space, it just dissolves out of your body. Shame, like guilt, can, I think one of my mentors, Preston Smiles, says guilt conceals, shame uh, reveals. No, sorry, the other way around. Shame conceals, guilt reveals. So if someone's holding on to guilt and you see them guilty about something, it's most likely there's some shame that they're hiding. And as soon as you just like bring it into the light and see it, it, it evaporates. Uh, it's just the longer it stays in the dark, the bigger the monster gets, you know? And not only evaporates, but you also repurpose that energy to use for your creative good or to, to use for your abundance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, the shame is the heaviest of all the emotions. If you carry that in your body, it weighs you down like something else, you know, and that blocks the expression, that blocks the ability to connect deeply with, with other people. It's, it's really the juice and a lot of men carry a lot of it just because of the, the past, what, what we've gone through in the past and uh, the, lack of, the lack of safety of just really being able to work through it. That's all. just want to acknowledge you for doing that work, man. That's, uh, it's incredible. I've seen some of the feedback that you've shared and it definitely looks like you're making an impact. So credit to you and encourage anyone listening to go to Jordan's Instagram page, which is jordancandlish01. I believe, with a C and have a look through some of the content. I, th- I think you'll really resonate with what Jordan's sharing there. So, mate, it, it, just, it just seems like you are a man of action. You're, you take fearless action. For example, you're in Tulum working overseas for a couple of months. Do you get burdened by doubt or procrastination like the rest of us? <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. There's one thing for sure that whenever people discover my content, they're resonating with it because I'm just sharing stuff that I'm going through or I've had to overcome. And you're the same. Like you're making content about the stuff that, oh, fuck, I've had to go through that. And I, now I understand it, so I'm going to speak about it. But the, the hardest thing I find is working with this, the mind that always wants more. It's never satisfied with what's being done. It's just looking for, like, what's the next thing? What's the, mountain, what's the next mountain climb? Or I could have done more today. It's a, it's a really challenging thing to work with, uh, with with a mind that just always wants more and for me that's where my spiritual practices are so crucial because if I'm not devoted or connecting or prioritizing time to connect with God and filling my cup up by realizing that I don't have to do anything I don't have to go anywhere you know there's, there's nothing I need to do I'm, I'm already enough right now and worthy of that and when, an, it, and when it's not just words, you know, because saying it's one thing, but actually feeling it and receiving all the abundance that's just here all around, all around us all the time, just receiving it, uh, it creates just a, a shift that you can feel. I'm sure you can relate as well to that as well. It's just a, a, visceral, a visceral shift that you just feel in your being that, oh, I, I'm enough. I can just relax and I can just have fun. Whatever I get done, gets done. Whatever doesn't. Who fucking cares? Like we're here for such a short time. Just, just play, you know, and whenever things get too serious, that's when you, you kind of pull back a bit and go, fuck, why am I doing, why am I doing this again? Uh, and that's what I've been doing last week because I, I did, things did get a little bit, it felt like it was getting a bit too serious, uh, not having as much fun. Mm. Curious to know how you kind of navigate that because I'm sure you go through periods of time where, yeah, it can get overwhelming. If you're playing a big game in life, right, that's the whole point. We want to we stretch ourselves. But how do you come back 
come back to that truth of I don't need to do anything. There are often days. In fact, I had one this week where I was just like, there was no reason to be stressed, but I could feel I was quite wound up and I did a meditation. I just sat with it. But I also have to just remind myself on a subconscious level that I'm okay. And that's where journaling comes into it. I feel the the lack of being is something that really creeps up on a lot of people. And I caught myself last week, same thing, is realizing I'm not just being. I'm doing a lot, but I'm not taking time to just sit and just be. Yes, I meditate in the mornings, but after that I'm boop, straight into the day. And where's the time where you, instead of just checking the phone or just, just, just go and sit and just, just be there for a moment and listen to nature. Calm, just drop, drop into the body for a moment. And infusing little moments like that throughout the day has a completely shifts everything, you know? And if, if people are listening, think about that. When was the last time you just sat and didn't do anything? Not, not meditate, but just keep your eyes open and just, and just be and feel your body and slow your breathing down. We're so quick to throw on a YouTube video, watch the soccer highlights from fucking last week, or, you know, we're just, just always needing some kind of stimulation because when we do be, it just, everything comes up that we're avoiding that can be a little bit uncomfortable. And what I've learned is if, you, if you're willing to just sit through that discomfort for a little bit, on the other side of it is just, just a joy for existing. Just, just a pure, subtle joy that you're alive and it's very peaceful. It's, it's, always, it's always there, you know? And nature for me is, like you said, is the, is the gateway. When I sit down to eat my dinner, I'm so quick to whip out my phone, put, put a YouTube video on. But if we can use that time to just put all the distractions away and actually focus on what you're eating, there's five minutes of a mindful activity where you're, you're tasting the food more, you're, you're really enjoying the experience. That, and it's just nourishing for your nervous system. Slowing down is the medicine. Uh, I get a feeling if there's high achievers listening to this, there's not more things you need to do. There's actually less things to do. And slowing down always holds the key. For me, I always come back to that. You know, I just need to slow down. Just, just slow down. There's no rush. Uh, and I always get so much more from that than trying to speed up and get things done faster, you know? Will we see you back in Australia anytime soon, Jordan? Are there elements of being back home that you miss? Yes, yes, definitely. I probably will end up back in Australia at some point. Uh, I'm in this phase right now, Nick, where I'm just trying to live and experience and go to as many different environments as I can so that I have more reference points to be like, yes, that's, that's what I want. I want something like that. Uh, I like being by the beach, but I also like this and I'm, I want my house to have a bit of this and a bit of that and I, and I, want it, I value healthy food. So I'm just trying to formulate where do I want to settle and be completely happy and fulfilled. And the only way you can figure that out is just go and try a bunch of different, bunch of different shit, you know? I love Mexico, but I know I'm not going to live here long term. There's elements that I enjoy that I'll take with me when I go to try and find another uh, space. But in terms of a lifestyle, it's hard to go past Australia, bro. We have something else in terms of a lifestyle out there. So I have a feeling it'll always pull me back. I grew up by the beach, so it's hard to be far from the beach for too long. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, probably September. I'm going to go back to Ontario in July. My plan is to host a retreat out there, which will be an amazing experience. My first one that I've, that I've facilitated. And, and Ontario, is that Toronto? Yes, yes. That's uh, east coast of Canada. Yeah, Toronto is the capital. I, sh- I shot a TV show there for four months in 2017. Oh, wow. It was the first time I worked away from home. So I went from working a proper Monday to Friday job in radio, went and got my 
pretty much my first acting gig on set in Toronto on the other side of the world. Big time. How was that, man? Did you like Toronto? Incredible, dude. I loved it. Yeah. I got over there in August and by the time I left, it was the dead of winter at Christmas time with, I think, negative 20 degrees. So... Yeah, yeah. I lived there for three years. So it was like my second home. It's a uh, part of my heart belongs out there. And it's, it's a beautiful place, but yeah, definitely not in the winter. <laughs> Summer's where it's at. There seems to be every time I'm on YouTube, I've, I get obsessed with a new creator. They seem to come from Toronto. There's, there's just such a, a huge creative output there. What do you think it is about Toronto? Man, it must be something in the water. They're a talented bunch. They're a talented bunch. I will say that. Uh, the cold, I feel, has something to do with it because people are inside a lot more. They're very, very smart. They're very intelligent. A lot of Ontario, Torontorians are very well educated. And then they're also very creative. So you get this blend of super smart people and super creative people. <laughs> and then they have kids. <laughs> and then you've got this fucking, like, like my partner, uh, for, for example, she's, she's just, she blows me away. So smart, but then also so creative. And... You know, her mum and dad grew up in Toronto. Dad was like a top of the student physics and, and chemistry. And then her mum's a top of the student artist. And you just see the cities like Toronto create create that, which I found super fascinating because I never grew up in a big city. Growing up in Perth, there's, you just was chilling, surfing and just relaxing, doing the, the standard. No one's doing anything outside the norm, really, uh, as a stereotype. But you go to a big city and it's, I mean, you're used to it. You're from Sydney, so it's, it's probably standard for you. Yeah, but at the same time, I live by the beach at Bondi, so I like to keep things pretty small and local. For me, Sydney is a great balance, and this is me trying to convince you to move here in September, but (laughs) you really do have access to both nature, incredible nature, but also you're on the edge of a a world city, right? So you can tap into both things and be at the centre of your work if you need to be, but then 10 minutes down the road, you're at the beach. So that's why I love it, and that's why I think I will stay here. I bet you have a great routine, bro. What's your routine like? You, you're hitting the, the gym, yoga, beach. What's, what's your routine look like? Each morning I will get up at about six, I'll come out here into the living room, do some stretching and choose between weights, surfing or just going for a walk. I've got a little weights set up upstairs actually. I was sick of going to the gym and just hustling for machines. So I've just got all the basic stuff up there for deadlifts and squats, all, all the good stuff. And then if there's good surf, I'll take myself down the road and and spend an hour in the ocean. And it's such a good primer for the day. You're getting, you're just hitting mindfulness, exercise, nature, sunlight. And then I'll just come home and try and use those morning hours where my brain's more active between eight and 12 to, to get some stuff done. Dude, fantastic. Yeah, that you can't compete with a lifestyle like that. We're just blessed. I just, we didn't get to pick, did we? It's just born in Australia, that's it. You just get to live the best life. <laughs> Mate, one last question before I let you go. Who are you becoming? Jordan, who's, who's the most authentic version of yourself that you're stripping away the layers to become? It's open to interpretation, this one, but who are you becoming? I feel like I'm becoming a person who is more deeply connected to the unique expression of his soul and a person who is unwilling to compromise on maintaining that connection and a person who, who goes into the world and is... And is being of service from the goodness of his heart more consistently and always willing to speak up when he feels like there is need for it. So I'm just going to say a clearer, a clearer, more connected, 
more present channel for God to just express through me and however that looks. I love it, mate. I hope to connect in person when you move down here or maybe I'll see you at one of the retreats. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Thanks so much, Nick. You're, you're, you're doing amazing work, dude, and this was an absolute honour. Hey, friends, me again. This is the part of the episode where we sit back and do a little reflection, a little review, and I have creatively titled it The Wrap-Up. Look, to be honest, it's a working title. I, I think it's a bit stale, a little bit boring. So if you've got any suggestions what we should call this part, let me know. I just think it's important to do a little review because there's so many episodes I've listened to where it's been a really strong guest, but then the episode just ends and I've kind of wanted to hear what the host thought about it and do some reflection. And thus, the wrap-up is born. So Jordan Candlish, what a legend. He's definitely one of the real ones. And what we didn't talk about in the episode is that he started his career as an accountant and just wasn't vibing it. It didn't feel like it connected with him. So made the bold step to leave and follow a career in coaching and mindfulness and self-development. But what I love about Jordan is what you see is what you get. It's, it's one thing making content about self-improvement, personal development, but to live that and to have that integrity piece it's a whole other thing together. And from that interview, you can tell that Jordan walks the talk. He's someone that's taking bold steps. He's traveling around the world while working on his career, staying true to his core values, and at the same time, sharing really valuable content with the world. I actually think that Jordan is helping rewrite the archetype of the modern man, away from that archaic version of men who, who, who can't talk about their emotions, uh, cavemen in their relationships, Jordan is doing such a wonderful job talking about regulating our emotions, being intentional in relationships. And you can really see that he's applying that to his real life as well. But, you know, he's not perfect either. And I really appreciated him sharing that he also struggles with distraction and procrastination like the rest of us. And I find that really interesting because it's easy to have a look at successful content creators in the personal development space and just assume that they have such a great handle on discipline. But to hear him reveal and, and be vulnerable sharing that he also struggles with his phone, with distraction, was actually really comforting as well. You know, it, it validates that devices are so addictive, it's, it's hard, it's tricky, it's, it's, it is difficult to maintain discipline and I appreciated him sharing that. I also really enjoyed the part where Jordan shared his approach to partying and having those big nights where he'd work in a sprint mode for four weeks and at the end of that, let himself off the hook, have a big night and release any expectation or guilt or shame and just allow yourself to enjoy the moment and socializing with your friends. For me, this helps me solve that battle that I've been having with myself as someone who is going down the improvement journey I wasn't quite sure how those big nights and big nights of drinking really fit into that. Often they were countered that to that narrative. And on Mondays and Tuesdays when I felt like shit, I would often feel guilty for letting myself down. But to, to hear Jordan's approach where life isn't about ruling out those things that you love, it's about finding balance, working hard when it's a work mode and when it's a party time, just switch off have fun, enjoy it, and don't feel guilty about it. And this reminds me of a insight I had on the weekend. I went down to Mollymook with some friends for a golf trip 
it was wonderful. It was four days of playing golf in nature, quality time with my friends. And my mate Dion actually raised a point where he was talking about his approach to those big nights. I, I shared how I, I hate the feeling of being hungover because I feel like I'm wasting a day. I feel guilty for letting myself down. And his friend shared his mindset in regards to those big nights, which was to really appreciate the night. Not only do you have to accept the light side, which is the joy, the fun, hanging out with your friends, you also must appreciate and accept that it comes with the dark side, which is the lower energy the next day and the hangover. And not just accept it, but really welcome those lower emotions because that's part of the whole experience. It's almost the price you pay and be grateful for that as well because it's part of the whole package. So I got back from the trip on Sunday. On Monday and Tuesday, I felt pretty low energy. But instead of feeling guilty for wasting the day or feeling guilty that I wasn't living up to the expectations that I set for myself in terms of productivity on those days, which even just saying it sounds ridiculous, accepting the low energy and being grateful for it really helped me release the shame and guilt that I might have otherwise attached to it. So I just wanted to share that because it, it might help you if you're dealing with that struggle that I think a lot of high performers have when you value connection and you value socializing with your friends, but that might conflict with that quest for optimization and productivity that we have during the week. I guess it all comes down to self-compassion. Accept that you feel the way you are, have love for yourself. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel shame. Have gratitude for the weekend that you just had. And remember that that too will pass and you need the dark to enjoy the light. The other part of the interview with Jordan that I enjoyed was when he talked about working in seasons. He's in Tulum at the moment. That's going to be a different season than if he was back at home at Perth working away. So it's about moving in line with our environment and moving in line with the season that we're in. If you're in a sprint mode, go for it, put your head down. But if your body is tired, if your nervous system is drained, and if you're not feeling energized to work, you need to honor that as well and appreciate that maybe that season is about sitting back and sitting in more of a feminine energy and allowing things to come to you a bit more. Listening to our body, feeling the season that we're in is such a key part of effectiveness. It's something that I strive to get better at. And it's cool to hear Jordan talk about that as well. I'd love to know what your favorite part of the chat was. I'll put a little Q&A on the Spotify page. That way I can focus more on those questions if you like and optimize the podcast moving forward. But I'm really enjoying this process. It's quite difficult. There's a lot going on. Just things like experimenting with different cameras, the recording software, editing. There's a lot of moving parts that come with recording a podcast and posting it on YouTube. But I'm honestly loving the challenge. And a lot of these things are just teething problems while I work out the best way to do it. For this podcast, I recorded it on Zoom, which I won't do again because the camera quality is pretty shit. So I've moved on to a program called Riverside, which is pretty good. But I'm also noticing with these remote interviews, because a lot of these guests are going to be overseas, it does shape the interview when it is a Zoom recording, because oftentimes you ask the question, you have to wait for them to respond, wait for them to finish talking before you can talk again. There's no overlapping of speech, which kind of makes it a little bit stop start. I have noticed though, I listened to the Smartless podcast and those guys are really good because they record remotely, 
but they were able to talk over each other and they seem to have a really nice chemistry even though they're not in the same room. So I'm going to work towards building that chemistry over the internet, which I'm, I'm not quite sure how to do yet, but that's something that I'm striving for. So thank you for tolerating a little bit of a stop-start interview at the moment. And on that note, thank you for tolerating this theme song because I whipped it up in Ableton. I used to make beats and play in a band until I was 24. So I decided to get back onto the keyboard and try and whip something up for this podcast because I couldn't find anything royalty-free. And frankly, I didn't want to pay for anything. I thought it'd be a little bit more personal if I made the track myself. But in saying that, it is pretty cheesy and it's it needs it needs a bit of work. So again, this is something that we can build together and customize together. So let me know if you've got any feedback for the song, any instruments I should add. I think it needs a little more oomph. So let me know your feedback. It can be something that we can evolve together, which I love. It can build with the show, which is a pretty cool idea. But all in all, I've really enjoyed this podcast process. I've mentioned that it's something that I wanted to do for years, but because of all of the different steps and a little bit of fear asking people to sit down for a chat and reaching out, I kept pushing it back. So doing this podcast, I really feel like I'm stepping towards the person that I want to be, which is what the podcast is all about. And interestingly, I create a lot of content on different mediums. When I do a skit on Instagram, it takes a day to create. It might take three hours to film the different parts because I'll play a few different characters. And by the end of that day, I am proper cooked. It drains so much energy. I'm having to put tea towels on, different costumes, setting up the cameras. But I think just the performance element alone drains my energy. What I found interesting about the podcast is that at the end of these chats, I feel so energized. I'm receiving so much value from the chat. And I think just the process of connecting with another human and having a properly deep, meaningful conversation actually gives me so much energy, which is so exciting because if this can be a job moving forward, that's fucking great. I don't see any downside to it. It, it really is a dream job and stoked to do it. And hopefully we can keep pumping them out. People have been incredibly receptive and I'm very grateful for that. And I can already feel it expanding my network. I'm, I'm meeting new people. Jordan lives on the other side of the world, for example, and it's been so cool to meet him and consider him a mate now. People are sliding into my DMs with support and suggestions. A creator who goes by Annabelle's Glasses on Instagram slid into my DMs last night. And she has this amazing page where she does very succinct, impactful reels, generally about emotion regulation, manifesting all the good stuff that I love. And she reached out and I'm going to get her on the podcast because I think she'd be a really great fit. A great example of how the podcast can open up your world. So if you've been thinking about doing one, just dive in. There are so many things you have to work out as you go. So you can't ever really feel ready for it. You kind of just have to dive in and work things out as you go, but it's a really challenging and rewarding process. So a little life update from me. I mentioned I went down to Mollymook on the weekend, which is two hours south of Sydney. It was a golf trip with my mates. Honestly, so fucking good for the soul. <laughs> golf trip is similar to a surf trip or a snowboarding trip where the whole weekend revolves around doing activity. So during the day, you're out in nature, you're moving your body, you're having quality time with your friends. Then at nighttime, you can indulge in food and wine, get up the next day, do it again. I really value this quality time with our friends. 
especially as you get older, people getting married, having families, and that quality time is harder to capture. So golf is really quite a blessing because it's, it's bringing us together, having a crack. I love it. So I mentioned that this podcast is helping me step into the person I wish to become. In many ways, it's, it's really a character upgrade. And this is something that I'm working on at the moment with my coach, Leonard Wolf, doing these little character upgrades. It's, it's actually quite empowering to know that if you wish to build confidence or if you wish to become more present with your friends, these are little character upgrades that you can work towards. And the best way to do this is by communicating with your subconscious mind. I just want to share this because it, it's really been quite helpful for me. The reason why it's important to communicate with our subconscious is because our subconscious is responsible for 95% of our decisions in life. We're moving through the day steered by our subconscious. And the best way to communicate with the subconscious is when we're in an alpha or theta brainwave state. And this happens while we're falling asleep or before we fall asleep. This is when a nighttime journaling practice really shines. This is what I do. Before I go to bed, I light a candle, I put on a meditation playlist, whip out my journal, and I'll start writing down things. I'll reflect on the day, write about what I'm grateful for. And I'll even start writing out things that I wish to happen. The thing is, our subconscious, it doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So we can write down things as if they've already happened in the present tense, and our subconscious will believe them to be true. And then moving forward in life, our subconscious will make decisions based on the imagined reality that we've given it. Are you still with me? It sounds a little bit wishy-washy, but here's an example that I've used. So I've wanted to build more confident speaking for this podcast. In my journal, I'll write it out in present tense like it's already happened. I'm so happy that I've become a more confident speaker and I'll go into specific detail about how that looks. It fills you with confidence. You start raising your energetic frequency before you go to bed. You go to sleep with a big old smile on your face. The more you do this, the more your subconscious believes it to be true and you make decisions throughout your day on a subconscious level aligned with that new reality. And this is essentially my manifestation process. I wanted to share that because it's something that I'm working on at the moment and it's something that you might find value in as well. Well, friends, that, uh, that wraps up the wrap up. We need to find a better name for that. I just wanted to thank you for staying with me this long. Thank you for bearing with these early episodes. They're going to be a little bit rough, but please bear with me while I get the hang of this thing. I really want to deliver value with this podcast. I'm loving the process and I hope we can go on this journey together. Let me know your suggestions, feedback, whatever. You can find me on Instagram at nick.slater. I appreciate you sticking with me. I'm grateful for you listening and I'll see you next week.